Good evening. Great to be with you tonight. I wish my wife was with me. Uh, they had, actually had a seat reserved for her, and so I took a picture of it and I said, why aren't you here? But uh, Heather sends her love to you. She, uh, she's working uh, for a wedding venue, and so they had a big weekend uh, that she could not ignore, otherwise she'd lose her job. So anyway, I'm glad to be here with all of you tonight. Thank you, Pastor Bert and Miss Becky, uh, for having us again. I don't know why you keep doing this, but we're very blessed to be here. And uh, I love Albo, which is Amanda, Laura, Becca, and Olivia. Keep them in order. I love this conference. Um, how many of you were here last night? Oh, okay, I hope this isn't disappointing. I hate following my brother. You know, I tell him, I don't know how I always get in the lineup after you. Uh, but uh, you know, what a great message last night that was, huh? Incredible. I can still beat him up, but I, I like the way he preaches. <laughs> now, this is, a, this is the theme of the conference, and I like that Pastor Burt um, pulled from the Amplified, the classic version of the Amplified. And uh, so we're going to read uh, a few verses here and start with the theme verse. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. So we have, a, we have uh, an audience, if you will, that we are revealing as the church this wisdom of God to. And it just happens to be principalities and powers. All right? A principality means uh, origin or first, all right? So these, these are high-ranking principalities um, and, and, and powers. It's not, it's not the Greek word dunamis, which means like the miracle-working power. It's the word exousia, which means authority, all right? So what this means is you have more authority than the principalities and powers. Amen. You're here showing them what God is doing in the earth. And all they can do is play second fiddle. They, they have to watch it unfold. They have no I mean, they can try a preemptive strike, and they do, but, it, you know, how, have you know the devil always overplays his hand and always loses? So he's always setting himself up for failure, but Jesus is building his church. And so we're just going on from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. Amen. And so it's good to be on the winning side is all I'm saying. It's really good to be on the winning side. Let's go to verse um, 11. This is in accordance with the terms of the eternal and timeless purpose, which he has realized and carried into effect in the person of Jesus, Christ Jesus our Lord. So we understand now that everything that God in his plan and purpose is wrapped up in his son. And then he invites all of us to just come be a part of it. This, this love relationship between this father and son is this eternal glorious love. But God was gracious enough to us to bring us right into that relationship. Isn't that marvelous? But it's all the purpose was, was accomplished and carried out through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12. In whom, because of our faith in him, let's say that phrase together, because of our faith in him, we dare to have the boldness, courage, and confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. Wow. Can I read that again? In whom, because of our faith in him. Now, see, this is what this faith in him this is what it does. It launches you into this realm, right? We dare to have the boldness. So you can't really have boldness without faith, can you? But faith gives you the bold courage and confidence of free access. I like free. I love this grace. I love this grace of God. It's not cheap. It's free. It's better than cheap. An unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. So all the, these verses, I mean, really, uh, if we're going to go contextually, we really would almost need to read the whole chapter or really the whole book of Ephesians. It's just so many things linked together, revelation upon revelation. But here we do get a snapshot of a truth in here. And we see that, so now I want to kind of look at it from this way and then go back. Because of our faith in him, so now we have this bold access and this confidence that these principalities and powers don't have. Right? And so because of that, 
We exert the authority of God, the wisdom of God into the earth because of our connection to him now. And these, these principalities and these powers that, that uh, as Paul later in one place says, that, that calls the enemy the prince of the power of the air um, uh, far exceeds their authority and their power. I, and I want to encourage you in that because, man, are, are we tired of the fear message yet? Huh? I mean, it's out there. Be afraid. Be afraid. No, church, be confident, be bold, be in faith, because here's the thing. I, I want to I talk about Gideon for just a second. I, this, I love the story of Gideon, and the Lord showed me something really cool I want to share with you in, in uh, Judges chapter 6, and, and I, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the story that, that Israel is in bondage uh, to the Midianites. Uh, the, the book of Judges is probably the most frustrating book to read. It spans about 300 years, and, and you see this phrase seven times throughout the book of Judges, and it is this phrase, and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And so they got led into captivity. But so these judges, God would raise up these judges because at this time there was no king in Israel. And so when the people would cry out, uh, God would raise up a deliverer or a savior. These are all types of Christ. Uh, guys, people like Samson, Deborah, Othniel, Jephthah, um, and Gideon. And, and in chapter 6, we see this story of Gideon. Let's bring up this verse, please. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. So, so Gideon's doing this stealthy uh, uh, Pressing, threshing the wheat in this wine press so that, so that these guys, the Midianites, don't find out that they've got food they're hiding from them. He's, they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to stay alive. And I, I'm not too sure if Gideon was necessarily afraid of them. People say that he was afraid. That's why he was down there. I'm not too sure of that. I think he was just trying to take care of his family. And he knew if he hid, he could, he could provide for, the, for his family. Okay? He could have been afraid. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty men of valor. Isn't it interesting? Now, this is the angel of the Lord. This isn't an angel. This is the angel. All right? This is Jesus in, in, the, in the Old Testament. And the angel of the Lord shows up, and he's sitting under a tree. Now, there are places in the scripture I think, God, I'd like to help you with how you present yourself. You're just, sometimes you're just not really all that powerful on the scene. You just show up and just sit down. I mean, you're the angel of the Lord. You should come in there with your big wings and, you know, your harp or whatever ideas we have of what angels look like, chubby and little wings in the back, a little bow and arrow. But no, I mean, but he comes and sits, and, and Gideon doesn't recognize this as the angel of the Lord. Now, remember the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the bush, right, in the, the burning bush. That, that's a powerful sight. And so, and, and he appeared to, to Samson uh, Samson's father and mother in a real glorious way up in this, this sacrifice and went up into heaven. But here he's just sitting under a tree. And he says these words, the Lord is with you. And Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, notice it's little L. Because he, he doesn't recognize this is the angel of the Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? <laughs> I wonder if anybody's asking that question these days. <laughs> if the Lord is with us. Why has all this happened to us? Come on, can we be honest? Maybe we've, we've said that out loud, right? We've, we've said that in our prayer time. Why is all this happening? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. Oh, Gideon, you don't know who you're talking to, do you? God, I'm wondering if he, if he knew who he was talking to at this moment, maybe he would tone it down a little bit. But he seems a little ticked off here, Right? And frustrated. No, the Lord's forsaken us. You're calling, you come up here and tell me, mighty man of valor, what are you talking about? The Lord is with No, he's not with me. If he was with us, this stuff wouldn't be happening. We'd see it. Where are the miracles if the Lord is with us? Wow. Look, next verse. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse um, 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. I don't know about you, but that just seems out of place to say that. Might. What was so mighty about what Gideon just said? Sounds like he's just venting, right? 
go in this might of yours. And so I just parked there. I said, Lord, why did you say that to him? What about what Gideon said? The Lord is for, no, the Lord's not with us. Where, why is all this happening? Where are the miracles? The Lord has forsaken us. I like the way you talk, boy. Go in this might of yours. There's, there's one phrase in here that, that stood out to me after, after I studied this and was praying. It was, where are the miracles? And it was like that, the Lord heard that and said, that's what I need. Somebody who's looking for the supernatural. Now, it's, it's, it's encased in frustration, but the desire is there. And I'll tell you this. Those that are looking for the miracles, they're going to see the miracles. In 2022, those that are looking for the miracles are going to see the miracles. That wasn't a real enthusiastic amen, but I'll give you one more shot. I said those who are looking for the miracles will see the miracles. Uh, Okay, we're frustrated. We're tired of this mess. Where are the miracles? Hmm? Where are the miracles? And so, and, and the reason Israel had come to this point is Joshua had instructed them in his, in his la- final speech to Israel. He said, do not neglect to teach this to your children. But you see in the beginning of Judges, it says they didn't teach it to their children. So this generation didn't even know God. Can you imagine? Didn't even know. It took one generation, and they were lost. So Gideon said, I heard a story one time, but where is this? Something in him wanted to see it. I don't want to hear that it happened. I don't want to hear about, I mean, I appreciate the past revivals, but that ain't helping me right now. I need something now in my life, in my family, in my finances, in my body. Huh? I, where are the miracles? We need the miracles. And so then, then the Lord, I love this, then the Lord tells him to gather Men for war to fight Midian. Now, the, the scripture says that the, the people of Midian were like the sand of the seashore, which means there's a lot of folks. And Gideon gathered together 32,000 people. Still, I mean, the odds are greatly stacked against them, and God said, no, that's too many. You know, you don't need good odds when you have a good God. And he, so God told him, he said, You just tell these soldiers, if you're too afraid to go fight and you want to go home, go ahead. 22,000 left. Now they're down to 10,000. And then the Lord says, no, still too many. And you know the story, Gideon and his 300 men. And they whipped the dog out of the Midianites, and Israel was delivered from that bondage. But what's also interesting about this is there's also this other pattern. And I'm not preaching on this, but I am kind of preaching on it. Like, well, you could have fooled us. Um, is that as long as that judge, that deliverer, was alive, the land had rest. But you'll see this pattern after they died, it says, and the children of Israel did evil inside the Lord again. As long as the deliverer was alive, according to their lifespan, so was their deliverance. But it was temporary. But as I said, these are all types of Christ. And when Jesus delivered you out of darkness, when he delivered you out of sin, he stayed alive. He died, but he came back to life. How long was Jesus going to live? How long is your deliverance then? Because as long as the deliverer is alive, you have rest. You have peace with God. Thank you, Lord. Now, being that we saw from, from this scripture here, um, that we have this access in, in, in whom, in Jesus, that we have access by faith into this bold experience with God, right? I love this. I love that he, Jesus, you know, Jesus did not have to die to make disciples. He had to die to make sons uh, because disciples, he had disciples before he died. As a matter of fact, there are lots of religions the, around the world that have disciples, but Jesus died to make sons. Whole different experience. It's a greater experience than being a disciple. 
because you get what God gets as the family of God. He was the only begotten son of God, but now, praise God, he is the firstborn among many brethren. Woo, I love this. And, and so because of him, we have this bold access. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, but of him, speaking of Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus. Say, I am in Christ Jesus. Who became for us, who became for us wisdom from God. So wisdom isn't just a, a, a principle. It isn't just a virtue. It is a person. And this person is Jesus Christ. He has become for us wisdom. So you have ready access to wisdom at all times. Why? Because you're in him and he's in you. Wherever you go, wisdom is there. It's there. Oh, this is good. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And then Paul says later on in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by what? All right, let's try that again, class. For we walk by and not by. Like I love the way my dad used to say it. He used to say, fear is not the opposite of faith. Sight is the opposite of faith. We don't walk by sight, by what we see, we walk by faith, which means we have another way to see, right? You have to be able to see to walk. But as believers, we walk by faith, and that's how the wisdom of God gets continually dispensed to us. It's how we have access, continual access to the wisdom of God is through faith in him. Hebrews eleven six. 6, you know this one, without faith it is impossible to please him. I, I'm here to announce some really good news that the opposite is true too. With faith, it's impossible not to please him. Amen. Because it's by faith that you were brought into this grace. It's by faith that you now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's the thing that makes this relationship work at its optimum. Is faith in God. And we need faith in him and we need his wisdom because we come into precarious situations and we are in some precarious times. But I'm fully confident that the church has got the message from God. I'm fully confident the church is going to keep on marching. I was talking to Laura last night. I said, I actually like this time for the church because we've been pretty comfortable and we're not very good when we're comfortable. We, we, we need some pressure on us, and when the pressure's on, and when the persecution comes, that's when the church flexes her muscle. I mean, she's got this beautiful, she's arrayed in the splendor of his majesty and righteousness, but if you lift up that dress, she's got combat boots on. She's ready for war, right? So I think this, is, this may be probably is the greatest time for the church. So I, I want to encourage you. We are on the cusp of it. And we're living in this time. God thought you needed to be here for this time. Wow. Wow. So don't, don't, don't wish for another time. Just say, Lord, I'm here by your design, by your purpose. What would you have me to do? I'm going to walk by faith, and I'm going to live in the reality of the wisdom of God. And, and there's nothing that these principalities and powers can do about it because this authority that I have is in him. It's his authority, and it is far exceeding above theirs. Amen. But we need, I, um, 2011, I think it was, I had been pastoring our church for about nine months at the time. First of all, my dad and I were in transition um, for me to become the senior pastor, and that transition was about three years. Uh, it's frustrating for me at times because I, I would just get impatient. Um, but I didn't understand that he knew what he knew, and he knew better for sure. But at the time, I was like, come on, old man, just let me have the church. And, but I, when they set me in on December the 26th you know, in 2010, um, a week later, I'm on the phone with my dad. I said, I don't want this. It only took a week. I was like, why, why did I want this? I just want to be your assistant pastor. Can you just come back? <laughs> God bless you, son. It's all yours. But then nine months later, I'm on the, Heather and I are on our way to, uh, to perform a wedding. And a, a friend of mine, he was a friend, um, uh, I married him and his wife, and he and our kids used to hang out together, and he was very generous to us. He calls me and starts talking about um, how angry he was with my father about a message that my dad had preached. And, uh, and it was about tithing, it was about giving. And I was like, why do you have a problem? I mean, you're a generous 
person. I don't understand this. And he said, well, I got on the Internet, and I started doing some research. I'm like, oh, my God. You didn't go to the Bible. You went to the Internet. And so he went to this, all this stuff and, and, and you know, or all these opinions about, you know, tithing isn't for today. Or the church is robbing people. Or pastors shouldn't uh, get paid for what they do. Uh, all that stuff. And I'm like, I cannot believe I'm having this conversation with this guy. And uh, so, I mean, so much so I got so angry with him, I just hung up on him and had to get back focused on this wedding. Well, that night, all of a sudden, many people in our church started getting emails. And this guy was in the IT world, and some of you might be able to understand how he did this. I had no clue, still don't have any clue to this day. But he wrote out this email accusing Heather and I of embezzling and doing all kinds of stuff, that we were driving luxury cars. I'm like, I drive a 2004 Expedition. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, and just, 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 just put a list of lies together against us. And I mean, it was hurtful. I just, it, it was awful. And, and, but he made it where this, it was on a loop. So every minute and a half, that same email would come right back to your, your inbox. And so when people call us, like, I keep getting this repetitive email. I'm like, I know I can't stop it. I don't know what to say. What's going on, Pastor? And, of course, you know, I, at this point, I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I was so angry. Um, and so I'm, I'm walking around the house. I'm like, oh, just wait till Sunday morning. I am going to blast this guy from the pulpit. I, I mean, I was so ready. And, and, uh, but we just happened to be in a Wednesday night series on the book of Proverbs. And I was just doing verse-by-verse verse teaching. It took weeks and weeks. For, and we had just gotten through the verse that said, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you'll be just like him. And that just came up in my spirit. I said, Lord, you ruined it. <laughs> you just ruined the moment. And my staff was ticked off. So... Um, I was about to uh, fly to India to do a pastor's conference. I was like two days away from doing that. And in this email, after he accuses of all this stuff, he says, are you really going to leave your church and go to India when they need you so bad after what you've done to them? Blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm like, what is this? And so uh, I, just for one second, I thought maybe I shouldn't go. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. No, you're going. Don't pay any attention to this. This is not as big as you think it is. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to mention it from the pulpit. And that stung. He didn't want me to say anything about it. I said, okay. So the next day we had a staff meeting. And we printed off the emails because we were going <laughs> to sit and walk there. And I, I mean, everybody is just ticked. They could not wait for us to sit down and everybody throw their opinion on this thing. And the Lord told me, don't, don't start that way. Go get your guitar and worship God with your staff. And uh, I mean, it was so tense in there. And I said, nobody say a word. Don't say a word to each other. You're too mad to say anything. Right, right now, we're going to give glory to God. So I got the guitar and we started worshiping. And I mean, it just broke off of us. And we ended up sitting down. We're reading this and we're laughing all the way through it because we, found, we saw just how foolish it was and how empty it was. And... Uh, so I went, I went out of the country and didn't give any attention to it, and it just went away. You know, God has solutions. He has answers that don't always make sense. That's why we need the wisdom of God, because our wisdom, <laughs> and you like the wisdom of God, because our wisdom is foolishness, right? But we have this ready wisdom all the time. All the time. It's yours. Wisdom is yours right now because Jesus is yours and he is your wisdom. So just know that. Uh, you know, you're going to come into situations you won't know what to do this year. But God knows. Let me remind you, Jesus said, I am the way. As long as Jesus is the way, there's a way. Right? I mean, if, we, if, we, if, we, if we're one of those that say, there's just no way, then what we're really saying is, there's no Jesus for me in this situation. But there is a way. Because he's the way. Amen? And he's got wisdom for those moments in your life, for those things that we can't understand. We don't, we don't have any answers for, but God knows. 
And he loves you enough. He loves you enough, enough to give you the wisdom of heaven. And I want to encourage you. I just want to give you this phrase. This is something that's just been ringing in my spirit. I mean, it's been months it's been ringing in my spirit. It's when the Lord told Abram, look now toward heaven. That's just been, I, I've been saying that over my life. Especially when I come into a difficulty. Look now toward heaven. That's where I belong. That's where I'm from. That's what I'm connected to. I'm a citizen of that place. I'm just an, I'm an ambassador here of that place, which means I can access as it is there and have it here. Are you hearing me? You can have, Jesus said to pray like that. Your kingdom come, it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So heaven is the standard, and it's a good standard. It's a good standard. So you can have as it is in heaven you just got to believe that and, and stay in faith. Mark 11. I'm sorry, I have to go to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Everybody okay? These two old men were talking. One of them says, well, I guess you're never too old. He boasted to his buddy, and his buddy said, well, uh, and he says, well, just yesterday a pretty college girl said that she'd be interested in dating me. Uh, but to be perfectly honest with you, I don't quite understand it. And his friend said to him, well, you know, you have to remember that nowadays women are, they're more aggressive. Uh, they don't mind being the one to ask. He says, no, I don't think it's that. Well, maybe you remind her of her father. He said, no, it's not that either. It's just that she also mentioned something about carbon-14. Carbon-14 dating. Okay. Ah. Uh. Glad I don't make a living telling jokes. <laughs> Whew, tough crowd, tough crowd. Mark 11, Mark 11 22. Any of y'all go to school? Okay. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Let's all say that together. Have faith. In, we can't say it enough and we can't do it enough. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, say whoever. Now, it is a whoever, but this whoever is doing something with their faith in God. Have faith in God, and then he shows us whoever says. Okay? So we know how faith comes, right? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but faith is activated when we speak. Right? The spirit of faith. Believing and speaking. So he's teaching us this. Have faith in God. That's, that's where it starts. All right? It starts there. And once you have faith in God, whoa, the freedom that comes. The liberty. Listen to how outlandish this sounds. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. So, so faith in God is expressed in saying something without doubt. The, word, uh, the Greek word for doubt here means to be at variance with oneself or to hesitate or to withdraw from. Come on, I think all of us have, have grown in faith in that way, that one day we've been strong in it and the next day we've said the very opposite thing, right? Well, <laughs> works in progress like uh, keep, that, keep that same confession Stay with it. Don't waver. Don't stand in two. It also means to stand in two ways, right? Which means you're not going anywhere, right? Nothing's going to get accomplished. So he says, don't doubt in your heart. Now, uh, Jesus points to this mountain, and he says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. Uh, I don't know about you, but this seems pretty irrelevant to me, this example. It seems like Jesus is more trying to make Jedis out of us. You know, to master the force, say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. Like, what's the point of that? It, 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 it seems like he kind of ran off and left us there. Sounds like he's kind of exaggerating to get his, his point across. There is no exaggeration here, though. I mean, do we really need a mountain to move? Is that necessary? I, I kind of like mountains where they are. I like to go to the mountains. But you would think that he would give an example that's more relatable to us. You know, if he expects us to understand his teaching on having faith in God, that he would kind of meet us where we are. But he says, say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Like, whoa, Jesus, you ran off and left us. 
right? Um, but here's the problem. And, and immediately, because we're so human, <laughs> we try to reason that out, right? Like I was saying, why? Instead of really hearing what he's saying, we start going, well, you can't move a mountain, right? You can't move a I was in Raton, New Mexico a couple years ago, and this was uh, in, in 2020. So it was three months after the, the pandemic had really taken off. And I was sitting at Sonic, and I like to get a double meat cheeseburger from Sonic, as you can tell. And, um, and the girl says, well, there's a meat shortage, so we can't give you a double patty. I said, can I order two hamburgers? She said, yes. I said, you know that's two patties? And she said, sir, I don't even have the button here. I know it doesn't make sense, but they took the button off the cash register. I can't. I said, okay. You're not at fault. I understand that. But this is really stupid. I said, how, how about this? Can you... Make me a hamburger and just put a piece of meat on the side. She said, yeah, we can do that. They can't put them together, but they can. Anyway, but, but you know, that's kind of how it's been walking through this pandemic, right? Like, nothing makes sense whatsoever. Commanding this mountain to move is, is probably never going to be a situation that we find ourselves in, that, that we find necessary to happen. And it could. But the chances are, are pretty small. So is Jesus speaking metaphorically or is he speaking literally here? It's important to know this because sometimes he did speak metaphorically, didn't he? The kingdom of heaven is like, right? But he's point, he says, whoever says to this mountain. So he's talking about a physical. He's not saying the mountain of sickness, the mountain of debt, even though I think we have authority to pray like that. But he's talking about an actual physical terra firma mountain, Right? Be cast in the sea. But this isn't one of those parables. This is just straight talk from him. And there was a, I have a friend that um, we, we built a church in, in Eswatini, which was formerly Swaziland back in 2019. Uh, a man that was in my church, it was a carpenter, and he had built several churches in South Africa. And so we went there to find some real estate to build um, a church for this young man who had, had come to our church from, from there. They sponsored him, went to Christ for the Nations, got his Bible school, school training, and then we were going to send him back there to pastor and get a church built there for him. So we go to South Africa, and, and uh, we had spent a few, I actually, I got to do a wildebeest hunt, which was really cool. Uh, he surprised me with that. And got to feed orphans with it. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I can justify that. For the hungry. <laughs> um, and, and so after a few days, we got to where we were going. And so we were going to make an appointment with a real estate agent. Well, during this time, this, this young man, uh, Collins is his name, who was going to be the pastor there. He called us and said, there's a, there's a pastor here that I know who wants to meet with you all. And he has a deal he wants to strike with you. And so, okay. So we meet this guy because we had a whole week set aside to go looking at properties and things. So this is Monday. We were going to fly out on Saturday. So, so we go meet this pastor. And by the end of that couple hours, he had donated 10 acres to us, just gave it to us. If when we built this church, he could hold his service in there for one service, and then Collins could do a service. We said, no problem there at all. And he donated it to us. So then we were like, well, what are we going to do the rest of the time here? I mean, we came here and got this thing whooped. But this man, Bud, is my, my friend who's the carpenter. He told me a story while we were there about a woman who was a, a, a pastor there, and she had a burning desire to build a church. Now, the way that they work there is they have to go get permission from the chief of that, of that community, of that village there, He's the one who calls the shots for the land. And so, but he didn't like the fact that a woman was going to be pastoring a church. And he wanted to um, express and exert his authority. And so he gave her the side of a mountain, knowing that she couldn't build anything on that. 
And so she grabbed these verses, and she would walk out there and she'd say, Mountain, I command you to be moved. And she did this for about six weeks. And then one day, a contractor contacted her and said, Ma'am, I found out through the chief that this land, this part of the mountain is yours. I'm wondering if we could level off part of that mountain so that we can build a dam. And she said, absolutely. And all the big moving vehicles came in and leveled off a perfect spot for her to build a church. And my friend poured a concrete foundation there, and they built the church. That literal mountain was moved. Maybe Jesus isn't exaggerating after all. But the truth is, it's only irrelevant to those who are bound by their own human reasoning. And, and, and even our own experiences can, can, can put blinders on us. And experience is a great teacher, but it's not the ultimate teacher. Faith in God, it, it isn't reasonable. It, it exceeds our own thinking, our senses uh, and abilities. In other words, faith in God makes impossible things possible. Wow. So Jesus shows us what faith in God looks like. Anything is possible for those who believe and speak. Verse 24 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So where did we start here? He said, he started with have faith in God. And everything flows out of your faith in God. All of this action is based on, rooted in your faith in God. Because otherwise, you're going you're gonna to start putting faith in the circumstances or even faith in your own faith. you got to keep faith in the right place. It's got to be in God. Because when you do that, you, you have it anchored in him, then what he's teaching us is anything is possible. Wow. Where are the miracles? Well, if we believe him, if we'll just take him at his word, because uh, I, I really did used to wrestle with it. Matthew 21 says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So it's same teaching, but he's making sure that we know. So here are a couple of very important things to see here. And I'm, I'm kind of winding down here because I'd like to do some ministry. But it's that Jesus doesn't seem to be concerned with who is saying or asking. Have faith in God. What, whoever says to this mountain. Any whoever's here? Is, is the whoever here in this passage also the whoever is here in this room? It's important that we connect that because sometimes we're reading on the screen of the Bible like, oh, good for that whoever. Right? No. Whoever is whoever. Right? That's, you have to put yourself there and say, that, well, that's talking right to me. Whoever says, whoever says to this mountain, whoever. He's not, he's not so concerned about who's doing the asking uh, because my mother is known for being a woman of prayer. Because she gets results, because she prays by faith. I've seen incredible things through my life, and she's always been so inspiring that way. She, she knows how to take authority. I mean, it used to make me nervous as a kid, like, oh, mama, pray a nice prayer. Be nice to God. But, I mean, she's just storming heaven, right? As a pastor, because I took over this church from my parents, and they had pastored these people, and they saw how my mom prayed, I'm, there, I'm these people's pastor for several years. I would get phone calls from my people saying, Pastor, would you tell your mom to pray for me? <laughs> I'm your pastor. No, I want your mom to pray for me. Because in their minds, it is about the who. But my family, it ain't about the who. Jesus said, whoever. Now, my mom will pray for you, and you'll be glad that she did. But we got to get the point of what Jesus is saying here. So anybody can have faith in God, and whoever can say to the mountain, be removed, and believe in their heart, whoever. Um, he said whoever. And Jesus also, this is so cool, doesn't show concern or even reluctance about what they're asking for in prayer. In verse 24, he says, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Now, how many of us have been caught up in that religious thing, Lord, I just want what you want? And he's saying, well, I want what you want. Lord, show me what you want. Show me what you want. And we'll just stand here and do this all day long. 
Because he says, he didn't say, whatever things I desire. He said, whatever things you desire. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Why? Why, why can you talk so assuredly? Because your faith is in God. Do you know it's impossible to pray the wrong prayer when you're praying in faith? It's impossible to ask for the wrong thing when you're praying in faith. Impossible. Oh my God, though, the religious world. Oh man, they back this, they try to back us into a corner. Now you gotta make sure you gotta pray those careful prayers. I mean, you gotta know that it's the will of God. Here's what I know what the will of God is: to believe. That's his will. To believe what I'm saying is gonna happen, and that's all the stipulation he put on it. Whatever things you desire. Again, he does not emphasize what we tend to emphasize when it comes to what we pray about. Uh, we're indoctrinate, uh, indoctrinated to pray uh, uh, uncertain prayers. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Thank you, Garth Brooks. I appreciate your songs. I don't appreciate your theology too much. But uh, I, they got to be thoughtful. They got to be, you got to be, you got to pray humble prayers and unselfish prayers. Jesus doesn't, he doesn't say these words and then go, now, obviously, folks, I don't mean you can just ask for anything. No, we do that, but he doesn't say that. He just lets it hang there and, 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 and makes us make a decision. Are we going to be elevated to this truth? Are we going to believe this and come up to this truth? Are we just going to live like everybody else does? Okay, Sarasra, what happened? Oh, you know, it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. Taking life as it comes, living life on life's terms. Really? Well, that's easy. All you got to do is exist. To do that. But he's calling us to something different because the wisdom of God is ready to be dispensed in the earth because the earth is crying out for it. It's crying out for the sons of God to be revealed, those who took, look and talk like him. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, 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 even in, in spirit-filled in spirit filled circles, I heard things like God isn't obligated to do anything for us, you know? We just trust that he knows best. If your prayer didn't get answered, God knew best. We have all these beautiful little religious things we like to throw on it because we have to explain it. If it doesn't make sense to us, we'll just make up an explanation. We're good at it. It's called the knowledge of good and evil. It's a carnal mind. That's why we got to have the wisdom of God. God is sovereign. He's not going to be treated like some bending machine. He's Lord. Okay, all right, calm down. He said, I can have whatever I ask for. I don't care what you have to say about that. I'm going to take him at his word. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our, our, our ways. He said, whoever and whatever. I mean, what an invitation to prayer. Let this be the year that you pray the largest prayers you've ever prayed. This bold access that you have, this confidence with no fear, put it into practice. Don't be afraid to ask God for anything. Just make sure you have faith in him. Just have faith in him. Believe him. Believe that what you say carries weight. You're not just throwing empty words out there. Why does God have us thank him for things if he's not going to answer our prayers? Didn't Paul say that in Philippians 4, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. With thanksgiving, thank you, Lord. But I might not get it. I know you're, you're, you know, you, it's your decision in the end. The reason he's saying be thankful is because he is expecting to answer your prayer. It, we're spinning our wheels if we're thinking it for something that we might or might not get. But it's the sure thing. Does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will be done. So, so Jesus isn't concerned with who is asking and with what they're asking for. But he is most concerned about how we're asking. That's what means. That's what's meaningful to him. That's what he wants us to get. That you believe that you receive it. Isn't this beautiful? The wisdom of God comes into the room and takes the clouds away. It just removes the clouds. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. And when Jesus said these words, it, it, it clears the clouds. It's not about who. It's not about what. It's not about you. 
do you believe? Open your mouth and say what you want through your faith in God, and you're going to have exactly what you say. And I thank God he didn't backpedal or try to, try to give us, a, uh, <laughs> give us a, a footnote on that. That's it. It's beautiful. Anyone can have faith in God. Anyone that has faith in God can have anything they pray about. I like this kind of thinking. I like this truth. I want to live in that truth. Am I talking to, am I, am I in the right room tonight? I want to, do we all want to live in this truth, this kind of freedom that we can have this bold access with God as his children? We're not his employees, we're his kids. We're his kids. You know, one of the saddest interpretations of a Bible story is found in the book of Luke. And Jesus is talking about this friend who shows up at a man's house at midnight. You remember the story? And, and he knocks on the door, and the man comes to the door, and he says, I have a guest that's come in town, and I don't have any food to serve. Can I get some from you? But the man hollers, actually, he hollers from the inside and says, I, I, I'm, I'm in bed with my kids. Just, you know, I don't know. But the man's persistent, right? He's persistent. And finally, the guy gets up and answers the door. And then Jesus says, because of his persistence, And so what's the interpretation of that? Well, we got to persist. we got to persist. But hang on, hang on. This is a friend of the man. The kids are in the house with the man. But we, have a real, we do a good job of misapplying Scripture. We're in bed with the Father. The friend is out there. You're not on the outside. You're in the house, my family. All right? So you can rest in him. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? In other words, what Romans 8, 32 says, if he'll give you Jesus, he'll give you anything. Has he not opened up his heart enough to us in that way to show us, I gave you everything. God didn't just give us his best. He gave us his everything. What's more precious to Jesus? God would go, mm, no, beg, persist. But that, that fits our, our, our kind of thinking that you have to earn things. That's the system of the world. Thank God we don't have to live by the wisdom of this world. But we have wisdom that is dispensed from heaven. I want us to bow our heads for just a moment. I was praying earlier today, well, and yesterday, about this service specifically. And... Uh, I believe the Lord wants to say some specific things tonight to us. So if, if you pray in the Spirit, could you go ahead and, and just begin to pray in the Spirit? And if you, if you don't pray in tongues, pray how you know to pray. I, I just want us all to connect with God. But we want to we just take a moment to allow the Spirit space here to work with us and, and to, uh, to speak to us. I, I, won't, I won't be long in doing this, but... I believe it's important. You're here tonight by appointment from God. When you made the appointment to be here, God made the appointment to meet you. And so because of that, we're going to have a moment with him. And maybe, maybe the message itself tonight, maybe some of you just needed to be free to be in faith to believe God for anything. Because your sonship, your daughtership is not predicated upon your behavior. I love my children. They haven't always behaved the best. They haven't always behaved the best. And we, but we had this dog that was a really good dog. And he obeyed way better than my kids did. But someday, when I grow old and pass away, that dog's not getting any of the inheritance. But those kids are. Hmm? Because they're my kids. You are the children of the living God. 
which means you have right to come to your Father boldly. Let it be a bold access this year. Choose to just come to him. But I don't care what situation you're in, not, not only on the good days, but on the bad days, on the failure days, all of it, just come boldly. Just choose to come boldly before. Because we have to humble ourselves under his opinion, right? We think many times uh, based upon our circumstances or based upon our behavior that we have to approach God a certain way. Like if we've done bad, then we need to kind of get low. Like, no, no, no. No, we still have bold access. Not because we behave right, but because we are his children. And my family, if we'll get that revelation, guess what? The behavior changes. You have bold access to get grace and mercy in time of need. And God, God requires us. See, we're not meeting him on our terms. He says, these are my terms. Come boldly before the throne of grace. You, can, if you think you need to grovel? That ain't my terms. My terms are come boldly. Because he, got, after what God went through himself, the, the price he was willing to pay for us to become his children, I think it dishonors him greatly when we act like slaves instead of sons. The Bible is real clear of this mystery that we've been talking about from this passage of Scripture that, was, that has come was locked up in the heart of God from the very beginning. And that, that mystery was Christ in us, us, people like us, the Gentiles, Christ in us. Well, how did, how did that happen? Because we believed a message. We believed a message. We heard words, and it sounded something like this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. Whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. Maybe you're here tonight and I don't, I don't know all of you, don't know most of you. Maybe you're here and you, don't, you need to start there tonight is to come into a relationship with God. Maybe your experience has, has been nil with God or maybe it's been one of kind of just a religious tradition. You know, it's not really been meaningful to you, but the Lord doesn't want you in a religion. He wants you in a relationship. He loves you. And he, and he loves you, and he wants, he wants you in his family, and he wants you connected to his and your eternal purpose. Because it, it exceeds even your time on this earth, well beyond. So if you're here tonight, and you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord tonight, I want to invite you to do that. How do you do that? It's just acknowledging him. By saying, Lord, I, I want you to be in my life. I believe you died for my sins. And I accept you as my Savior and Lord. And if that's you, just say that right now where you are. Right? It's not about putting all the right words together. Just put your faith in him. Because it's with the heart. The Bible says we believe unto righteousness. Just believe it with your heart. Believe that Jesus died for you. He died for the world, which means he died for you. And, and, and he has forgiven you of all your sins. Amen. He's not holding your past against you. Jesus was judged for you. And because he was judged for you, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, they have passed from death into life. Amen. So receive that salvation tonight. It's because it's free. Can't earn it. All you can do is receive it by faith.